HBCU. They know just we are. Post Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse, here live in HBCU Pulse Studios. It is the day after the BET Awards, or should I call it the Howard University Honors Award Ceremony, because they were shouting out Howard University, but we love to see it. We love the bison, the mecca in the building. And of course, College Hill just came out. So shout out to Texas Southern as well. So shout out to Howard and Texas Southern for getting that love at the BET Awards. And on BET. Come on. So we're going to talk about College Hill Celebrity Edition. We're going to do a thorough review of the first episode. I have a lot to say. I have seven pages of content. So y'all are going to get a lot from me um, about this first episode of College Hill. They also released episode two. So if you're listening to this around the time of, you know, this week, Monday through Friday um, of, you know, the week of the 27th of that Monday of June, uh, they have both episodes up. So it looks like they're going to be releasing the episodes weekly and they dropped the first two episodes and they premiered the first episode after the BET Awards. And it was interesting. They had the commercial breaks. I think it's made for TV. And I believe that eventually BET will show College Hill Celebrity Edition on BET. It would only make sense, but they wanted to entice people to sign up for the service. And what better way to do it than, you know, making an HBCU show, bringing the College Hill franchise back, and then adding in reality TV show stars and musicians and athletes and celebrities. So that's the best way to do it. So I want to say this before I get started, because I see a lot of conversation about this. I believe that we try to find recognition and validation in the wrong places in the HBCU community. And I realistically believe that. I believe that we try to hang on to every media moment and every article mention and every celebrity that reps our school because we believe that our institutions do not get the light that it deserves. But the light that we want from it is mainstream validation. And I believe that we shouldn't be searching for mainstream validation we should validate ourselves. HBCUs are known in this culture. The black community forever rocks with HBCUs. They were probably trained and developed by HBCU teachers. They're fans of Spike Lee and Will Packer and all these HBCU educated individuals that have gone on to run Hollywood. I don't think we need validation for us to achieve our goal of enriching the community and bringing in quality students to enhance the legacy and further the legacy of HBCUs. I don't believe that. And a lot of the conversation around College Hill is people believe that this is going to put HBCUs on. Now, Texas Southern is going to, of course, get a boost from this show because I would assume that they're not going to paint Texas Southern in a bad light. And they didn't in the first episode. But I just need us to calm down a little bit because this is College Hill. <laughs> like this ain't a documentary. You know what I mean? This is a reality TV show that to a point is meant to be salacious. It has its good moments, its great moments, but it's meant to be salacious and a little bit drama-filled and comedic. So we need to calm it down a little bit. All right, but let's go on and get into the episode review. So the first thing out the gate that I noticed was just the vibe and the look of the show. And I know that we can't truly compare College Hill from back in the early 2000s to this version of College Hill, because we have the advances of technology and the advances of, you know, HD cameras and, and TVs. But this College Hill edition and this reality TV show in general looks amazing. It's bright. It's vibrant. 
Like I love the graphics package. I love the vibe. I love the branding. It is amazing. So that's one thing that you cannot say about this show. You cannot say it looks cheap. You cannot say it looks like they just threw it together. This college hill looks well produced behind the scenes. The camera people knew what they were doing. And it's just it and it showed Texas Southern University very well. Like it gave us a great view of the campus, of the students. Like I said, very bright and vibrant and very inviting. And I always look at that as a MassCon graduate of Fort Valley State University. Um, I look at that all the time because, you know, I like to see quality media. I like to see quality content. So the fact that it's quality content and quality media and, you know, they're branding it around Texas Southern and they're adding this to the College Hill legacy, it has to be popping like that. So, of course, we start off with, you know, a little recap of what's to come. You showcase a little bit of Texas Southern. And then they do the theme song, which uh, Mr. Ray is correct. He said this on the College Hill series Instagram. He said that this is very much given season three. It looks like they were inspired. They were. <laughs> they were inspired by season three. It looked just like season three and how they did season three, uh, the theme song rollout. Uh, so Nene arrives first, Nene Leaks. So Nene Leaks is a reality TV show veteran from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. She's been in the game for, can you believe this, like 11 or 12 years? Like Real Housewives of Atlanta came out, I think, at the end of the 2000s going into 2010. And like she's been like a pioneer of the genre. Like she always is stirring the pot. Whenever you see Nene leaks, the drama comes. But also she's been able to capitalize off that fame. So shout out to her. And she talked about how she attended Morris Brown for two years before she got pregnant and dropped out. And I thought that was powerful. First off, shout out to Morris Brown College. They're back. Accreditation. They're building a school to shout out to Morris Brown. All right. But Nene's story can be inspiring because her story is just like a lot of young women's story around the world. Because some people, they get pregnant, they have a child, and they decide to drop out and, and take care of their child and get a job and, and, and try to make a home and a life for their child, which, you know, that makes perfect sense. And some people, they do both. Like, they'll go get a job, they'll do what they need to do, they'll grind it out, and they'll get that degree. And we salute them. But this is a story that I believe does need to be told. And I think that this can be expiring, right? I think that this can inspire a lot of people younger and also non-traditional students to continue to go and continue to grind and go get your degree. But I believe that although this story of Nene going back to college can be inspiring, I think that Nene's over-the-top personality and also just the reality TV show element of the show is gonna detract from it. But I think it's a, a compelling story and I would love for her to delve deeper into it and for us to see a more vulnerable side of Nene where she's not stirring the pot. But she was stirring the pot the whole entire first ideation of the episode. Seven minutes in, she's stirring the freaking pot. All right? So one thing that I noticed, you need to notice this if you watch the show or if you're not watching it and you're listening to my review, Nene was the first person to arrive. She walks into her room. She sees two beds. So off the strength of that, she realizes that, oh, I have a roommate. So Nene asked if she would have a roommate after she saw two beds. And we see that that was a problem. She sort of showed a little face before they cut to the next person coming in. So remember that that's very key as we make it to the end of the episode. All right. So next up is Lamar Odom. He shows up great to see him great to see that he's in great health. But here's the thing. It is a stretch 
a huge stretch, a six foot ten height stretch. Just say that Lamar Odom is an NBA legend. Lamar Odom was sixth man of the year. That is very true. He was on the Kobe-led Los Angeles Lakers two-peat team in 2009 and 2010. He was a starting caliber forward in the NBA, and he was really, you know, one of the first switchable forwards that can step out and score at three levels, right? So Lamar Odom was an amazing NBA player, but he averaged 13 points for his career, eight rebounds. You know, he had pretty good stats, but nothing of a Hall of Famer. He ain't Dennis Rodman. He was a good rotational player at some of the spots in his career or a great starter or a great sixth man of the year. But I don't think he was voted to be an all-star and he wasn't that much of a difference maker on contending teams to say he's a, he's a legend. If you're not going to get in the Hall of Fame, bro, you, you're not a legend. All right, come on now. We, we can't just throw that word around loosely. But I respect Lamar Odom, and I'm happy to see him in good health, and I'm happy to have him a part of this cast. And he shared his story later on in the episode, and we'll get to that, all right? But it was cool that NeNe and Lamar knew each other. They hit it off super quick. But like I said, Nene going to be shady. Like Nene going to give that, that shady energy because it's in her. She built this reality TV show genre with Real Housewives. So she going to be like that. So she said something along the lines of like she knew something was wrong with Lamar because she has a restaurant in Atlanta. And then she saw Lamar then and she didn't see him ever since then. And she said that Lamar told her to give him a kiss or something like that. And I was like, Nene, you can't get that to yourself. Is that really needed? Because y'all rocking, y'all having a reunion, y'all drinking mimosas, and you throwing that man business out there like that. That was when I was like, okay, see what I'm saying? Powerful story of Nene returning to college after she had to drop out of Morris Brown College. But man, she's not going to really give the right attention to it because she's going to be salacious and drama filled, right? So Ray J comes in, the MVP of this show, because Ray J is going to steal all the attention, even from Nene and Big Freedom. He's going to steal all the attention. And he came in talking crap about the door. He said, oh, man, man, this old dorm looking house. And I'm like, Ray J, can you look in there? It's pretty nice on the inside, brother. Like, Ray J coming in already talking trash. He was roasting the house. He's like, hey, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I own a tech company. He's promoting Raycon. And see, here's my thing. Ray J is also a reality TV show veteran. Let's not forget, because back in the day when I was like, 10, 11, 12 years old. I used to watch For the Love of Ray J. All right? I used to watch For the Love of Ray J. And Ray J's been in this reality TV show game for a minute as well. So Ray J being in this makes sense from a reality TV perspective. But Ray J is a successful business person. I don't understand why he decided, you know what? Let me go back to college and get my certificate of completion. Like, it makes no sense. Like, you're doing this for the check. You're doing it for the cameras. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're going to be arguing with arguing, going to be arguing with the professor, which we'll get to that soon. Just, you know, it, it makes sense. But come on, bro. Like, why are you here if you already have a successful business and then you're going to cause drama? So Dream Doll shows up next. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not that familiar with Dream Doll. I know her name. I've heard her talked about. And I'm pretty sure I've, you know, been on her social media. I've seen her come down my news feed. Instagram shows a bunch of pages I don't follow, but shout her. You know what I mean? But, you know, I, I guess it's cool that she's doing this. She's 30 years old. 
Uh, she's one of the younger members of the cast with India Love being significantly younger. India Love is around my age. She was born in February of 1996 from what I saw. So she's only like, you know, uh, 10 months older than me, me being born on Christmas. So she's 26 and then Dream Doll's 30. So they're the youngest members of the cast. So it's cool to see like younger people of this generation, you know, go back and try to get their, you know, degree and make things happen. Um, but I'm interested to see, you know, what she shapes up to be in the show but it seems like she's going to be a ninny light because she said, hey, there's nothing wrong with bringing in a little drama. And I'm like, man. And listen, I don't know what's going to happen between her and Slim Thug. But Slim Thug was choosing, man. Slim Thug was trying to put that old good Southern game on her, man. Speaking of that, Slim Thug came in. <laughs> and that's my dog, man. Slim Thug still tipping. He had a lot of good records, man. If you're from the South and you're really into rap music, especially down here, down South, you know about Slim Thug. Like, Slim Thug always went off. Slim Thug could rap. He had that deep voice, and he was very distinctive in his songs. And especially him being from Texas, like being the Texas guy, and one of the Texas forefathers of Southern hip-hop in the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s, it's great to see him again, you know? Um, and I thought it was dope because he said that after he graduated high school, he was accepted into Texas Southern, but he decided not to go to chase his rap career. And I get it. Like, that happens. You know what I'm saying? When you see some money going going that way and you want to go chase that money and go chase your dream, I totally get that. And I think he's a great addition to the show, and I believe it's cool to have him be able to attend Texas Southern, him being a Texas artist, and then also he was accepted to go to Texas Southern back in the day. So I thought that was dope, all right? So the only thing with, with, with Slim is that, man, like, they didn't know who he was. I just feel like Nene was being shady because um, he comes in, daps up Lamar Odom. He daps up Ray J. And then he's like, oh, Nene Leaks, yeah, I know you. How you doing? And she said, and you are? And I'm like, I, I get it. Like, he's not that high profile anymore. Like, that Beyonce feature was years ago. All right, she wasn't even Sasha Fish yet. So that Beyonce feature was, was a minute ago. So I get her possibly not knowing her, but I just felt that it was like, the tattest bit shady a little bit you know what i mean like but i get it though i mean you know he, he's big down south and i'm pretty sure the folks from texas even the the college students knew who slim thug was because like i said he's a southern rap guy like we know him down here right but i can understand why someone like nene wouldn't know him um but yeah, I mean, but it, but he was all up on Dream Doll, and, and allegedly he slid in Dream Doll's DMs, and Dream Doll was choosing. I guess Slim see that, so he gonna try to put his game down. But brother, just don't be weird. We'll talk about that in a second. All right. So Nene, once again, we so Slim comes in, and Slim has his own room. So she once again brings up the fact that she doesn't have her own room. So she says to Slim, hey, you want to switch? And Slim is like, I mean, you can come visit. And they have a nice little laugh. But Nene wants her own room. Once again, keep that in mind. She's very bothered. So the fellas, Ray J, Lamar Odom, Slim Thug, they go out to uh, the backyard. And they have like a nice little ocean view set up. And, you know, they're, they're kicking it outside, just talking amongst the fellas. And, you know, they're kicking it. And, you know, you have, like, Lamar Odom ask if they want to join the Glee Club. And I'm like, club? <laughs> like, there's no Glee Club. This ain't high school, Lamar. Like, there's no Glee Club, brother. And one thing I'll say about College Show Celebrity Edition, and I get that they're not from the college culture, and they're not from HBCU culture, but typically a lot of the organizations 
that are on campus are not clubs, they're organizations. Now you have some, and I did my research, you have some organizations at Texas Southern that are called clubs, but the majority of them do not have club in their name or designation. They are organizations. So I'm like, see, hearing club thrown around, like Nene said, when they got to campus, she said, oh, I'm going to join the debate club. They have a debate club. They have a debate team. <laughs> like, can we just get that out of the way? It's a debate team. It ain't a club, all right? But, you know, they're kicking in. Of course, you knew that one of them or somebody was going to bring up Greek life. Of course, it had to be Ray J. Ray J let them know that his dad was a Q. He was like, you know, hey, can I pledge? Can I pledge? And then they brought up Hazen, and then Ray J said something that he already has to do, like, you know, do dominatrix play with his wife, so he ain't trying to get paddled. And I was like, Ray J, you done call some stuff because the Q's is watching, especially the corporate office of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated is watching. They're coming for you, Ray J. They coming for Raycon, all right? They, like, you're going to have to pay some money, all right? They coming for Raycon. But they immediately had Ray J say, we know the Q's don't do that. We were just playing. And I'm like, all right, Ray J, you don't want to play with these D9 Greeks because they will sue you. And they will sue College Hill. They'll take that off air. Don't play with them. All right. So Big Frida shows up, and I can already tell that she will be right up there with Ray J and Nene as the breakout stars of this ideation of College Hill. Because every edition had one, had them. And of course, I'm not familiar with season one and season two. And I'm not the biggest fan of the interns. I have to go back and look. I, I'm willing to go back and look at interns again, but season three and season four to me were the pinnacle, right? To me. Um, but she's going to be, you know, huge as far as like being one of the big standout stars that we remember when we look back at this ideation of College Hill. All right. And she said she went to school for nursing, but she stepped away when her music career started to gain steam with the bounce. And she's been active. Brick Freed has been active since 1999, man. So shout out to her, man. Like making it happen. All right. So the wildest part about what Big Frida said was that she was one semester away from graduating from the school that she was in for nursing, and she gave it up to go pursue music. Now, what I would say, and I know how I have the luxury of living in like 2022, and I went to school from 2015 to 2019. So technology was way more advanced, and you had a lot of people that you know could do hybrid work they could do hybrid classes zoom was a thing skype was a thing d2l blackboard was a thing so i guess maybe back then when the internet still was in its infancy you couldn't just be on the road and do your homework and then submit it on blackboard i guess i get it but damn man you could have stayed this extra few months to get that degree in the ubu straight just in case you know, but I get it. I mean, if you give me an opportunity, I can go maybe be an author, like a like I was writing books. I came into college and I was an author. So if you tell me that I can, you know, get big off touring about my book and I can turn it into a TV show, but I have to leave college and focus on it, yeah, I probably would have did the same thing. But if it was one last semester, I would have tried to have worked something out. And I probably would at the very least have come back or did some something online because come on summer classes or something. Cause I'm going to go on and finish that up. Cause that's too, that like, that's too much to pass up. Like, I'm right there at the finish line. And then I leave the race altogether, but it's cool. She's back and she's here. That is what's up. All right. Up next, you have India love. She is the youngest member of the cast. Like I said, according to the research that I did, cause she doesn't have a definitive age on the internet from what I understand. And I could be wrong. 
It looks like she is 26 years old. She was born in February of 1996, which was a few months before I was born. All right. I was born on Christmas, 1996. She's a 90s baby. And, you know, I don't like I said, I don't know. People don't like to share their age, but she's the youngest member of the cast. and She's the closest to college age. All right. So I want to see how she interacts with students. I wonder if they'll give her the opportunity to interact with students and we'll see her talking to students, being on the yard. I doubt we will because I think they're going to stick to like, you know, the interactions with the cast. But I would really love to see that, you know. But I thought it was dope that her sister graduated from Texas Southern so she gets the chance to continue the legacy. That's dope. I think that's cool. All right. But I want to say this. It's automatic that Dream Doll and India Love are going to link up. They're the two youngest members of the cast. It, they said they already had a moment where they linked up, like they were planning to link up. They went in the DMs talking about, hey, let's hang out in New York. Let's hang out this, that place. So, of course, you're going to see them thick as thieves for sure. You're going to see them like riding together, walking to class, walking class together, sitting with each other in class together. So you're definitely going to see that. So stay tuned for that. It makes sense. So after that, so any love was the last person before Stacey Dash. And spoiler alert, I have a lot to say about Stacey Dash. So Stacey Dash makes her entrance and the cast automatically fills away and they make it a big deal. You can tell from the confessionals that they're going to give her hell. They were there to give Stacey Dash hell because of what she's turned into from 2012 when she endorsed Mitt Romney onto her stints on Fox News and her saying the stupid stuff like BET and Black History Month should be should be stricken from the record because we're in a post-racial society and all just the crazy lunatic stuff that she said and done and that has gone on in her life. She ain't there. It ain't no second, second slate for her. It ain't no next up for her. It ain't no clean slate for her. She's there to be the villain. And that was what she was supposed to be. She's there to be the Omarosa of that cast. And I just think that for BET, and I'm, I have a changing perspective on Stacey Dash being involved in this show. But I think that BET and I would say the College Hill production crew, I guess Tracy Edmonds and her people, I believe that they were nasty adding um, Stacey Dash. I, I don't think Stacey Dash was needed. A lot of Stacey Dash storyline took up the first episode but I really don't think she was needed. You have Ray J, you have Nene, you have Big Frida. I think that they could carry the show by themselves and it could still be entertaining. You didn't need an antagonist or a villain. You could just have them rock together and go through that college experience together and moved on. I think that Stacey Dash was a ploy to be added to cause dissension because why would Stacey Dash want to be on a streaming service and the namesake is BET and you said BET should be freaking abolished. You said that at the Oscars. So you're on BET. Like, why are you on BET on a channel you don't think should exist? It, it doesn't make sense. And here is what I think. I think that maybe, I will go back to what I said in my trailer recap. That's on YouTube on HBC Pulse. What I said was, I believe that she's doing this for money. Or her agent tricked her and said, hey, we're doing this college show. You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Because she ain't getting booked like that. She already said she's been quote-unquote blackballed, so she ain't getting booked like that. So I was like, listen, it's a show out. They're casting celebrities to go back to college. You want to do it? Yeah, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if they told her or if they let her know too late in the process for what they submitted the application or said that she was like, you know, she was interested in doing it. I don't know. But it just simply does not fit to me. But my whole entire philosophy on Stacey Dash has changed a bit, I must admit. Oh, by the way, I want to say this to Ray J, because Ray J said this in his confessional. 
She was not on Baywatch. <laughs> she was in Clueless. Clueless was the movie for Stacey Dash. She was not in Baywatch from what I understand. And I want to say this as well in regards to Stacey Dash coming in. If Big Frida has smoked with Stacey, that's perfectly fine to me because of what Stacey Dash said about transgender people. Like, I totally understand that. Like, Big Frida feeling away is justified because, like, like what the world? You know what I mean? But at the same time, Big Frida said that she's going to give Stacey a clean slate, but, you know, it's gonna keep she's she going to keep it in the back of, of her mind, like, what was said. And, and that's understandable. But I believe that for NeNe, Ray J, and the rest of them, and politics aside, even though it's hard to put it aside in this day and age, but politics aside, you owe it to being in that experience, not creating a toxic environment to try to meet her halfway. And they did it in her, in their own way. Like Nene was very receptive. I think she was honestly receptive and smiled and spoke to her and all the different things. But of course, Stacey Dash was in her show. All right. She was in her show from the jump when she first came in. And I noticed this in the episode. She said in her confessional, Stacey said she wasn't used to living around a bunch of people. And I think that that can cause you to, you know, to sort of be, you know, a recluse and, and stay in your shell and be a little bit shy and a little bit apprehensive to open it up. I can understand that. I don't, I mean, it could be because she's around a bunch of black people, but with how she's interacted with other, how she interacted with other black people in the show, and maybe it was because they're giving her something, you know what I'm saying? But she interacted with the dance team in a nice way. She was very happy and she was smiling when she saw the band. And I don't think she was putting on for the camera. If she wasn't feeling it, she wouldn't, you know, smile or whatever. But she was interacting with black people pretty well throughout the episode outside of the cast. So I don't think it's, oh, well, she's not being, she used to be around black people and, oh, she's being standoffs because we black. I don't think it's that. I think that this was a new situation for her and she was sort of, you know, trying to open up. They started playing a game called Pillow Talk. But first, they were drinking mimosas and they were going to pour a Stacey up a mimosa. And I guess they don't know that Stacey Dad's been five years sober and she had a, a drug situation going on. So she's sober and she's trying to stay sober. And they, they respected that. I, I think that's dope, right? Um, but then they played Pillow Talk. And they started asking about body counts, being in jail, and who they swapped bodies with in the house. And, of course, Stacey Dash is sitting there at the table. She sat down at the table. She's sitting there looking like, bro, what are y'all on? Like, and, of course, Ray J is doing his thing, and they, you know, laughing, doing all this stuff. And then, of course, Stacey Dash leaves because that's not her vibe. And I don't think that that was Stacey Dash being standoffish. I don't think that was her being extra. I don't think that was her being villainous. She just wasn't on the stuff you were on. Listen, Stacey Dash is 54. Ray J is 41 or 42. Slim Thug is 41. Like, I think NeNe is up there. NeNe is either in her late 40s or early 50s. The youngest people on that cast, and Lamar Odom's 42. The youngest people in that cast, Dream Doll, India Love. Dream Doll is 30 for what I, for what I see on the internet. India Love is 26. They're the youngest people in, the, in that cast. The oldest people were acting the most childish. And that was the theme of the whole entire episode. So it's like, I understand how she wouldn't really mix all that well with them acting crazy, talking about freaking body counts, like they're 18 years old. Like, that is something I would expect. That's a, that's a game I would expect for 18-year-olds to play during orientation week, during, during freshman week orientation week. I would expect that to happen in the dorms as they're mingling with each other after their first day on the yard doing orientation week in, in August at an HBCU. But not from 
from people with kids and businesses and families and cars and 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 bills. I wouldn't expect that conversation. So I don't blame Stacy Dash for leaving. But I can say she was being standoffish. I, I can say that. I'm not gonna lie in that like she wasn't standoffish, but it was still sort of childish. And it seemed like they were forcing her to be a part of something that she didn't want to be involved in. And I want to just say this, and this I think this is the central theme of Stacey Dash being on the show, because we already know the Jasmine brand reported that she left the cast early. But one thing that I want to say is that she don't got to kick it with y'all. It's all right. She don't got to kick it with y'all. And that's fine. Y'all do y'all thing. Y'all have y'all's experience. Don't let her dampen it and let her do what she does. And I think eventually if they just let her do her and they approached her less apprehensively or less or, or less confrontationally, I believe that she would have sort of opened up, but you can reasonably expect that Stacey Dash isn't just going to be open like that. She's 54 and she's a freaking Republican. What did y'all expect from this woman? Anyway, all right. So they go outside. Stacey Dash goes to her room. The rest of them go outside and they sit around a fireplace and eat marshmallows. Like they like they camping and they talking. So they're talking about school and then Ray J says, school needs my opinion on how to upgrade. And Big Frida's going to be the, the voice of reason on this show because Big Frida was like, Ray J, they not here to, to get your opinion on how to upgrade. And everybody started laughing and Ray J didn't even laugh. It looked like, unless they edited it that way, Ray J didn't even laugh because I think that Ray J really real deal believes that. And that's why I'm like, Ray J, if you're not going to get anything from this experience, which I would assume he did get something, but if you're not going to get anything from this experience but a check, which according to you, you're making money anyway, but all you're getting is a check and then a certificate and you have this business and you think that you're the man because you built this business and you can't learn anything else new. Like, why are you here? Like you, you're just as pointless as Stacy does. If you're not going to get anything from the experience, both you and Stacy can get death out. And this is an illusion to what happened at the end. But if you're not going to listen and you think that you are just the man, and you know, everything and you just a super freaking businessman, you can leave too. And that energy that they were giving to Stacey Dash wasn't returned to Ray J because Ray J was being super duper extra. Um, and I just know he's going to be the know-it-all and he's going to give all those teachers at Texas Southern hell. Um, I was seeing reports. I'm not saying that this happened, but I was seeing reports that Nene was being difficult to the professors at Texas Southern. I was just seeing reports about that. That's not original reporting from me. Uh, but I think Ray J might've been the one for real. I think Nene might've actually really been receptive and Ray J might've been the one. And we'll get to that when we talk about that first day. All right. So speaking of Ray J, everybody goes to sleep, get ready for the first day of classes. Except Ray J. And Ray J concocts and produces a whole entire segment. We quote unquote stays up all night and deals with business because he's talking to people in Hong Kong. Like, man, you, you don't go to sleep. It's the first day of school tomorrow. All right, man, go to sleep, bro. Like, you're not, you're not dealing with no business with nobody in Hong Kong. And see, here's where I got him. Here's where I'm like, bro, Ray J, you're, you're capping. Like, you're capping, you're lying, you're trying to make yourself look bigger than you are. Come on, bro. So you have a business, and Raycon is doing this thing, you're making a bunch of money. So you're telling me you have, you have a chief marketing officer and all these different things, and you the CEO, and you're so hands-on in your business that you're making calls at 3 o'clock? What, what are your, what's your team doing? You don't have a team. You don't have like, you know, people like assistants or different folks that can make those calls for you. Like someone that can set up those meetings for you. You're not a, you're not a boss like that. Then you can learn something from being in college. 
You ain't a boss like that. Because you personally as a CEO, as the boss man, you're making the calls. You're not getting sleep. Come on, bro. You capping, man. You like you, you weren't talking on that phone, bro. You capping. Like, you, y'all, y'all produced it. That was real cool. It was funny. Ha ha. You capping, Ray J. Come on now, brother. And I like Ray J. Ray J is cool, but it's like, bro, you don't got to cap like you got it like that, bro. Just go there, do your thing, and then get out. You got Raycon. You already got beat in the verses, bro. I mean, come on. Like, Ray J, go, Ray J is born out by the status of Marion, all right? But I'll leave that alone. All right, so that whole time montage was sort of sort of weird and sort of corny. I'll, I'll say that. So we see the next scene of them getting ready to head the campus for the first day, and it was real quiet, at very least from what we saw from the editing floor. We, it was real quiet, what the editor showed us. Everyone seemed nervous. We saw some confessionals where Lamar Odom was nervous, India Love was nervous, and, you know, I think that possibly they edited it and, you know, they, they did certain things where it was over the top, you know, to make it a little bit more salacious and more fun. But I do believe that they really wanted to go back to college and they wanted to get their degree or certificate or what have you. And they wanted to achieve the dream and the goal of going to college and succeeding. I actually really do believe that, you know, at this point, because I believe that that's not fake nerves. I think that was real nerves for a lot of the cast. But I have to really zero in on any of your love who, once again, she is the youngest member of the cast at 26 years old. She's only four years off from being 22. So when you're 22 years old, that's when you typically graduate college, around 22 or 23. So she's the youngest member of the cast. India Love says in the confessional that when she was in high school, she didn't get good grades, and she cheated her way through high school. And I can tell. (laughs) Like, I can tell that you cheated. I can tell that you didn't retain some of that information. All right, and we'll talk about that in a second as we get to the business class, all right? So they get to campus, and they receive a warm welcome from Mr. and Miss Texas Southern University, as well as the Ocean of Soul marching band. They sounded amazing. They were all hyped to get that reception and that welcome. Texas Southern really gave the HBC welcome. I want to give a shout-out to Mr. and Miss Texas Southern University, Montgomery Morris and Mariah Campbell. Montgomery was Mr. Texas Southern this past year, and Mariah was Miss Texas Southern. And I want to emphasize to anyone that is about to go to college or you're in college and you're thinking about getting in student leadership, it is a task, it is a job, but you do get perks from it. If you're Mr. or Miss or SGA president and college here comes to your school or a celebrity comes to your school or the news comes to your school for something positive, I'm not talking about negativity, but something positive, you're immediately thrusting into the limelight. And that's something that is a perk because now Mariah and Montgomery, they can now forever say they had the opportunity to be on College Hill. And then you had Mariah that was at the BET Awards. I saw the picture on Instagram. All right, so she lived it up. So I want to say shout-out to Montgomery and Mariah. Mr. and Miss Texas Southern from this past year. That's dope. All right? So Texas Southern, just the students, because they, they were walking, and there was like a, like a group of students. I don't know if that was, that was planned. I'm pretty sure it probably was that they invited students to come out and cheer them on and all the different stuff for, like, you know, just the, the layout and the look on the camera of them, you know, being cheered on and everything like that. Um, but that was really cool to see that the students were receptive and it was lit about them being on campus. And I just wonder how it feels. And that's something that I would love to ask, um, you know, Mr. Ray, you know, Ray Cunningham. I look to interview him really soon um, about just College Hill and the feel of the campus when College Hill was on campus. Of course, with his addition at Virginia State, it was different because he was the cast member. But I wonder what Virginia State was like, 
you know, with College Hill, BET being on campus and them filming on campus, doing these different things on campus, I wonder how they felt. Because I'm pretty sure, you know, the university and the students, they'll be lit off that. You know what I'm saying? You might get a chance to be on TV and that, and that might be your quote-unquote big break. You never know, all right? So they go to a reception after they walk around the campus and they see things. They go to a reception with TSU president, Texas Southern president, Dr. Leisha L. Crumpton Young, black woman president, all right? And I do like, so far, I do like how they interwoven in the students, the student leaders, the Ocean and Soul Band, the president, the administrators, the advisors, because the advisors come up in the next scene. I do like how they interwove them in, and it does seem like they're showing Texas Southern in the best light possible, and just the look on camera of them being on campus is really amazing. It looks great, all right? So you definitely don't lack the college experience by watching this version of College Hill. To be, to be real, can I just say this, and this might be reactionary, but give, give me this. Let me say this. I believe that with this version of College Hill, that you're getting a little bit more of the authentic campus experience than you did from the other seasons. And I will tell you why. For one reason and one reason only. You're seeing them in class. You're seeing them engage with the professors. It was certain points where the professors and them being in class was a minor storyline at the very least for season three and season four. I cannot speak for Southern or Langston season one and season two. But season three and season four, it looked as if to me that them being in class was not the main topic of discussion. But at the very least, we see them in class. We see them engaging in class. So I believe that that's important and that's key. And you're really not getting a, a dumbed down version or worked down version of the college experience. So I noticed personally that Stacey Dash opened up a bit when she got on campus. She was lit to see the band. When they were at the reception, she immediately went over to the dance team and she wanted to join the dance team and rock with them. And that's cool. But of course you got Big Frida throwing shade at her, saying that if she dances like, you know, the way apologists go, it's going to be a disaster. I'm like, man, leave that girl alone, man. Like, I just, I don't know why Stacey Dash is here outside of money. Like, I don't know why she's she's subjecting herself to this because this ain't a safe space for her because she's betrayed black people. It ain't a safe space for her. But the folks that were at Texas Southern were rocking with her. And it looked like she was talking to the people, like she was talking to the dance team, all of that. And we'll get more into her being on the dance team in a second. All right. So they meet their advisors to get their syllabus. And I have to admit, all right, as a college graduate, like I said, an HBCU graduate, I must admit, that the program that they're a part of, it does seem rigorous. So they're enrolled to receive a, a certificate of completion in multidisciplinary studies, all right? And in this track, in this, I guess you can call it, we'll call it a degree track, if you will. In this degree track, they're taking African-American studies every week, and then they're going to pick up an additional course every week, right? So they have African-American studies weekly, and then they have business this, this week, and I guess they'll switch to something else next week. So they're covering all the spectrums of what needs to be done. And then they'll get a certificate in multidisciplinary studies. All right. So they go to the African American studies class and the professor, and I did not get the professor's name said, does everyone here at self identify as black? And in the trailer, you saw that they panned to Stacey Dash making a face, which was out of context. Stacey Dash does identify as black, but she says she's mixed. She says she's black and Mexican. And that's something that in my research of Stacey Dash and also seeing the stuff when I did her my research on her Fox News side and different things, she wrote a, an autobiography, and I did some reading into certain things about her. 
She doesn't deny that she's black. She just says rather non-uncold talking points about black people. And she sides with conservatives on a lot of issues, which tend to be very racially motivated and racially charged against black people and minorities and specifically black people want to be specific. But she never said she wasn't black. She never said that. And she can't lie like, oh, I'm not black because you lean into that role on a, on a lot of stuff before you took your turn. All right. So she had moments where like the professor was doing different, you know, black sayings, like, you know, um, d these different things. Like I put that on my mama and she's looking like what the world and what is this saying? And then Nene's like, you from the Bronx, you should know this. Leave her alone, bro. I don't want to be the person that has to defend Stacey Dash. But at this point, it's starting to become bullying. Leave that girl alone. Like, she's there to learn at the end of the day. She didn't make it to the end, for what I understand, but she was there to learn at the end of the day. And y'all continue to pile on that woman. Jesus Christ on the cross. Like, leave her alone at this point. So next up, they move to Dr. Delandria Cooley's business marketing class. She's on Twitter. She is lit. Uh, she was tweeting about the episode. So shout out to her. And she seems to be a really great professor. And she ain't going for all that back and forth and that nonsense. All right. And also, Dr. Cooley wasn't playing with them. Like, like I said, this ain't a fake show. I think they really are in this program and they're filming it. So when I looked at what was on the screen, the syllabus, it looks like they have a real deal syllabus with suggested reading and required reading and different, you know, what they need to be in class, like all the different stuff, the assignments. I really like, they're really doing this, bro. Like they're not just doing this for show. Like they're really doing this for real, you know? And honestly, what I would love to see, I know I'll never see it, but what I would love to see is the raw uncut versions of these episodes where they just put everything in sequence. Because I think that with reality TV, you shift things to shape a narrative. So you'll put a clip one way, or you'll cut it a certain way, or you'll like take the dialogue from one clip and put it where Ray J makes a face to make tension happen, right? So I want to, so you have Dr. Cooley speaking and she's teaching. I want to know why Ray J started to try to debate with her. Like, what was the trigger point of that? And my entire thing with Ray J, because like I said, Ray J, what are you here for, brother? Are you going to let the professor speak? Or are you going to act like you to know it all because you got Raycon? And you're trying to have debates with that lady, bro. She ain't Stephen A. Smith and this ain't first take. You know what I'm saying? She ain't Molly. All right? So it's like, why are you trying to debate with this woman? Like, go undisputed. Go, go with Skip Bayless and debate. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you trying to debate this woman when all she's doing is trying to put y'all twitch all up on game and get y'all together and teach y'all a different thing because you're all there to learn at the end of the day. Right. And it was very extra. And then Ray J ended up walking out because he got frustrated because I guess he felt as if he wasn't being listened to. So he got frustrated and walked out. And I'm like, bro, what's the what's the point of that, man? That's not even necessary. You know what I'm saying? So I want to say this, too. Let's talk about the argument really quickly, uh, what they were talking about. So Ray J was arguing for argument's sake. Right. So what Dr. Cooley was discussing was that every brand in business starts with a similar process. So Ray J is saying that humans are a brand and, you know, every brand is different. And it's like, that's true. But every brand starts without this, the same or similar process. And that was the argument. And Ray J was arguing something totally different because we know that brand is going to differ in products and services. We know that. And that was what Dr. Cooley was talking about. But the organizational makeup, and we know the organizational makeup, organizational makeup is but we know that the organizational makeup is different and all these different things. But at the heart of it, 
The process of how you build the business is the same. And Big Frida was, you know, defending, you know, the professor. And Nene said something. Radio was being out of pocket, and he just left. And he left. And like he was real deal heated and upset, and he came back. Now, if Ray J was 18 years old, if Ray J was 19, 20, 21, 22, he was a regular student. That's that, that that's not Ray J. That's not that that's not Brandy's little brother. That's not a singer, one witch singer, actor, all these different things. He was a regular student, and he was going back and forth with a professor like that. He would have been kicked out. I've seen it happen. It's not, it doesn't happen as prevalently like it does in high school or middle school where students get put out of class and sent to the principal's office. Of course, there's no principal's office in college and that didn't happen. But I've seen moments where they'll put out a student that is playing around, that's trying to debate with them, that's disrupting the class. And what Ray J was doing was disrupting the class. Ray J, you have some special privileges, brother, because you're a celebrity. Because if you were the regular student, Dr. Kulu would have turned up on you. Let's be real. Like she would have told you to get out of her class. She might have said, get the hell out of my class. Did you know everything? Get the hell out of my class. So Ray J is getting a little bit of the Diet Pepsi, Diet Sprite version, the sparkling water version of the experience. Because let that have been any student walking Texas Southern University from March to May, they would have been gone. Anyway, like that whole entire moment with Ray J sort of made me upset, all right? So here's the thing. So Dr. Cooley gives him an assignment. And then assignment is something that we all get in college. If you've had a mass comm class, a business class, an intro to business class, you might have got it in high school. But clearly, India Love wasn't like fantastic high school. She cheated on her own through high school. So the assignment was they were to create a product that doesn't exist and come, come up with a way to market that product and shoot a video as a commercial marketing the product. And they cut to India Love, and India Love looking confused, and she said she is honestly confused. It seemed as if everyone else knew what was going on, but she didn't. And I'm like, India Love, you all right, sis? Like, what's what's there not to understand? Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's so hard about understanding that you're coming up with a fake product, you're going to promote it using a commercial, and you're in a team. Then you're in a team, so the team, like, Dream Doll can't explain it to you? Like, India Love, I think she's going to frustrate me, but I think when I look at the trailer, I think India's going to grow a little bit, and that college experience is going to make her grow. So the rest of the cast goes back to the house, and Stacey Dash heads to band practice with the Tiger Sensation dance team. Shout out to Brianna Jackson. She is the dance captain of the Tiger Sensations. She gets a byline, and she was featured. So shout out to her. She's like a very great captain. That was her last year. And I think she's since graduated. So shout out to Brianna. So they were very cordial to Stacey Dash. And we have to be real. They were very nice. And they allowed her to come in like one day before their performance. I think it was around the time of like the last game because Texas Southern was in, you know, the March Madness tournament. So I'm pretty sure that was probably their last game before they went into March Madness or probably the SWAC tournament. Um, so we know that Stacey Dash was not danced in 30 years. We know that she was not going to learn SWAC style choreography in one day. We knew that that was not going to happen. She, she could have practiced all, all night and she would not have gotten it because she hasn't danced in 30 years. Like those women are pros like that, that are part of Tiger Sensation and these swag basketball dance teams. She was just simply not going to get it, period. You know what I mean? So like that's the thing that's just sort of interesting to me is that they set Stacey Dash up for failure. And it was good to see Stacey Dash happy and smiling. I mean, it's 
dope to see that because she see she did seem to sort of not be having a good time. So she sort of ventured out on her own and she started to be a little bit happy. All right. So that's cool. I'm, if you happy, Stacy, I'm happy. All right. So Stacy Dash heads back to the house and Nene calls everyone down to have a bonding session. And they try to include Stacy. And she just got finished practicing for the basketball game. She is legitimately tired. The basketball performance that she's trying to prep for, because she thinks that she can really make it, is 22 hours away, most likely. I'm pretty sure it was probably like 9 o'clock. Well, I'm on East Standard Time, so it probably was like 8, 9 Central. You know what I'm saying? So she was probably there for a little minute, probably two hours, really trying to get it, unless they were just finessing and made it seem like she was there for a long time. So she goes up and looks like she's about to sort of, you know, wind down, take a shower and do her thing. So Dream Doll goes up to confront Stacy and let her know that she felt as if she was being real standoffish and not receptive to them. And granted, it looks like they had a longer form conversation, but they condensed it down. So we only see the narrative that the producers and editors on College Hill, like what they're showing us. Like we don't see the actual conversation. It might have been more productive than they led us to believe. You know what I'm saying? But they were approaching her so aggressively. Like instead, like I said, instead of trying to meet her where she was and instead of trying to really actually get a chance to know her and try to find, like, you know, solace in her and try to find a different side of her outside of the Fox News political pro-Trump stuff, I feel like maybe it would have been different. But like I said, I would give you the fact that she was not open, opened up. But I feel like at that moment, you're in college. You cannot force nobody to do something they don't want to do. And then if you're forcing them and you're obsessing over it and you're consistently going after them, it's bullying to me. And towards the end of the episode, like Nene and the crew sort of was bullying Stacey Dash, like just to be honest, right? But they had, you know, the her and Dream Doll had the conversation. So Stacey Dash um, told Dream Doll that she would come down after she takes a shower. So she takes a shower. She comes down after the shower, wrapped up all the different stuff. And she says, hey, guys, I'm not coming down. I apologize. I'm tired. And, of course, Big Frida, Nene, they're not rocking with it. They're upset that Stacey Dash is not rocking with them. And I'm like, if y'all don't leave her alone, let that woman be in y'all play cards. Y'all bond. Let her be. Because at the end of the day, she want to be on TV. She want to get this check. She's not getting anything special, bro. Leave her alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all don't even rock with her in no way. You know what I'm saying? Like, because all the stuff that she said, and that's understandable, y'all don't rock with her, especially Big Frida. But the thing is, like, leave her alone. Let her do her thing. There's no point of y'all continuing to try to include her in. that. She's a grown 54-year-old Roman. Let her do what the hell she wants to do, just to be 100% honest, right? So, Reggie and Lamar Odom have a moment where Lamar talks about his health battle where he said he had 12 strokes and six heart attacks and he had to learn how to walk again. And I thought that was powerful, man. And he says he sees being in college as a way to exercise his brain because he had all that that went down with him. And him and Ray J had a really powerful, you know, moment about this, what this means to him. And Ray J showed a really nice side. And I appreciate Ray J for that, for really being ingratiating towards Lamar Odom and salute to Lamar Odom, you know, for doing this, man. I think it's dope, right? So they have a really cool scene and it's really nice. And Lamar Odom shared a powerful story. And then of course the editors and the producers of college Hill are going to cut the slim thug trying, trying to, to bite down on India. They cut the slim thug trying to bite down on dream doll. And it's like slim leave that girl alone, brother. Now, I mean, I, I don't like to say, I don't know the context. I don't know if dream doll was with it, but like, 
what he did was she was running on the treadmill. I guess it was maybe that next morning or that or that afternoon, evening. So she was running on the treadmill and, you know, uh, she and him were flirting. And then Slim Thug increases the speed on the treadmill and she starts running obsessively and doesn't stop it. And essentially Slim Thug's like, I like what I see back there. And he's looking at her butt. And it's like, I agree with the folks on Twitter. Tad is a bit creepy. I mean, come on, Slim. Like, you you 41 years old, my dog. Like, you are, and Slim's my guy. Like, Slim Thug, that is a, like, like a Southern legend to me. You know what I'm saying? But, bro, you're 41 years old. Like, you're, you're legit acting like you're 18, 19, bro. You're 41 years old. You're a grown man, bro. Like, you held money, you had money. You know what I'm saying? You from the South, you got that game. Like, bro, spit game at that girl. Like, talk to that girl. Be a grown man. Like, why are you trying to, to watch her run on the treadmill? Like, that was weird and sort of childish. So, Stace Dash is up bright and early to practice the routine for the basketball game. So, we see the rest of Tiger Sensation alongside their dance coach, Gretchen Jean. And, you know, they're in, they're excited, and she's there, and they're showing her love and all the different stuff. Like, they're very ingratiating her. So, as we know, Stacy did not get the choreography because it was impossible. And she started to get offended and started to feel really bad because Brianna was telling her, Stacy, like, you, you have to get it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to look good out there. You're not, it's not clicking. And Stacy pulled the age card so quick. She said she's not 18, and Brianna needs to give her some respect. And man, this is why I don't like doing nothing with what I call hard-grown adults. Oh, I hate doing stuff with hard-grown adults. Like, you have Brianna that's probably 22, right? She just graduated. So Brianna's like 22. And you have Stacey Dash that's 54. Like, a 22-year-old and a 54-year-old don't have a lot in common. And one thing, and I've, I've seen this working at different jobs with older people and working around older people in certain capacities. Like, when you when you add up, when you're in a position of power, and you're older than a person that's a subordinate, bro, they're going to feel a way about it regardless, bro. Like, they're, go they're going to feel hit, especially when you're usurping your power. Like, at that point, Brianna's the captain, and Stacey Dash is being disrespectful and not listening to Brianna, who's not being disrespectful towards her and trying to help out. You know what I'm saying? So I thought that was very corny about Stacey Dash. I'm calling out Stacey. Stop being corny, Stacey. That wasn't cool. Because if Brianna didn't do nothing to you, them girls ain't do nothing but try to get you included because you say you want to hop on and do that dance thing. They could have told you, Stacey, you can't join the dance club or you can't join the Tiger Sensation. You know, you want to know the reason why? Because we're already doing the season and we've been practicing this. We've been dancing. Like, they could have easily told her that, like, for real. Because it's like, you're not going to learn this in a day, but they still let you do it. And you're going to talk to them crazy. And pull the age card, all right? So, so right after the situation where Stacey Dash fails in epic fashion to get the dance routine for the basketball game, she heads back to the house, and she heads right into a freaking ambush. So the rest of the castmates, they're around the house and outside chilling. So Stacey lets Frida know, we don't get, we don't have the context, but Stacey lets Frida know that she's going to bed because she was exhausted, and Nene finds a problem with it, and she decides that they're going to have a house meeting to figure things out about Stacy. And I just feel like y'all are once again putting her in a position to be defensive. She's not going to be receptive to what y'all are saying because y'all are sort of like aggressively going after her, trying to force her to be a part of something that she don't want to be a part of, and saying, giving her all to ma'am, hey, if she don't get it, she's need to leave. And it's like, bro, like, why don't y'all leave her alone? So Ray J in his confessional says, we're cool people, Stace. We just want you to enjoy the experience. You can even earn your black card back. And that just showed me that, listen, Stacy never had a chance to win because y'all are still holding what she was saying over her. And I'm not saying to get rid of it. 
I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm saying that she don't need to be on the show. And she was right for vacating. Because why are you here? Like, you're in a black space with black people, and you've gone against black interests. So you're not going to have a good time here. You're not going to be respected here. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, they're not trying to respect her. And I don't think, like I said, I don't think that she was acting that way because they're black, because they're Democrats, because they might have supported Clinton or Obama. Like, I'm not, I don't think that that's the reason why. I honestly do not. I think that Stacey Dash was trying to beat to herself. She already had a hard time at the dance class. She made that problem herself. But she already had a hard time at the dance class. She was trying to decompress from it. That's what I think happened. And they were just being extra at this point. So I want to say this. I want to give hand claps to Nene Leakes because Nene Leakes is so good at this. 48 laws of power. Get others to do the work for you and take all the credit. That is what Nene Leakes did because Nene did not want Stacey Dash in that room and she wanted her own room. She wanted to swap into that room by herself and she had been talking about it from the jump. She brought it up at the beginning of the episode and her answer to making Stacey Dash you know, more open and receptive to the house was to force her to swap her room. Like I said, man, Nene Leakes, you are a genius. Oh my gosh. Like you are, you are so good at this. Like these other folks, they just like, yeah, let's, let's do that. She going to get it. Like, no, what y'all don't get is y'all got played. All right. And watch Nene have her own room. <laughs> episode two, episode three, she gonna have her own room, man. What's wrong with y'all? All right. Essentially they then confront Stacy and we don't know if it was like later on that evening we don't know if that was a, like a, a, another day. We don't know. I guess we would presume is later on that evening, they confront Stacy and they have the house meeting, right? So they say, hey, we're having a house court and they take a vote and they said that Stacy has to switch rooms. And Stacy, of course, fights it. But my whole entire thing was like, y'all held a discussion without her present. Y'all didn't allow her to expound upon why she was acting like that. Y'all could have all got together and say, Stacy. We just want to know, like, are you good? Like, what's the problem? Because it's like, you know, we're trying to be open to you and you're not saying anything. Like, is everything all right? Like, you know, are we doing something wrong? Like, what can we do to make things more open for you? Since y'all want to spotlight her so much, y'all want to focus on her so much, what can we do to make you more comfortable? Because we don't want you to be uncomfortable if you want to be here. Like, they could have had, like, a real deal constructive conversation that college roommates typically tend to have about the, about the air conditioner. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, like, I'm cold-natured. It's too hot in here. Like, they have conversations about that, about the refrigerator, about the about the bathroom, about the air conditioner. Like, folks in college have these conversations, all right? <laughs> and, like, these grown 40, 50-year-old people have these folks who are the 40 years old, and only two of them aren't. Like, dude, like, why are y'all being so extra? I just, someone help me, man. Why are y'all being so extra to this woman, man? And it's like, bro, like, y'all are not helping out at all. Like, y'all are just making it worse. And she's getting even more into a shell. And y'all are saying that she don't, she doesn't deserve a solo room because she's not connecting. What is that going to do? So then she's like, if I have to get out my solo room, that means I have to live with a man, which I'm not going to do. And which I, I get that to a certain point. So Dream Doll decides to be messy and said, would you live with, with me? She was like, yeah. Would you live with Nene? She said, yeah. Would you live with India? She said, yeah. And then Dream Dog gonna be messy and said, would you live with Frida knowing what Stacey Dash has said about transgender people? You know, and like I said, it's, it's disgusting what she said. And Frida was on go. Frida was ready to get to get her get back in, which she should have. I get it. But it's like Dream Dog, now you're being messy. First you made, did a, a boss move, a grown person move, 
and you went to confront her about how you feel and you tried to be respectful, although you still were like confrontational, you try your best to be respectful and that was dope, right? But now like you're antagonizing her and you're not making the situation any better in my estimation. So after that whole entire exchange, things start to get tense and Nene says she has to be out of her room by the end of the night and that the court has spoken and she has to go, right? So Stacey Dash is like, my stuff is already unpacked. I'm not going to pack my stuff up and then move. I'm not doing this every week. And then Ray J basically just flipped out and said that, hey, you can either, you can either like, you know, leave your room or get the F on. And I'm like, Ray J, bro, what's the point of you cussing at her? He's like, I'm not cussing at her. Like, yes, you are. Like, you're saying that either you can leave, you can get the F on. That's what you said. And then you're trying to backtrack when she had, she was offended at that. And you were like, oh, no, I, I, I cuss. I'm a grown man. I've heard this so much in my life. Like, come on, bro. Like, like you're being stubborn because you're just as stubborn when it comes to classwork. You're 42 years old, Ray J. It might not feel like it. It might not feel like you're 42 years old. It might feel like you're still in that one wish dating Kim Kardashian stage of your career on Moesha and you act and you Dorian on Moesha. Like, bro, you're 42. You have a family. You have a business. You're a grown man. You're closer to 50 than you are to 30, brother. Like, come on, man. Like, come on, bro. Like, act like act like your age and not your shoe size. Because the way that a whole entire ordeal went out, you would think, like I said, they're actually college age. And it's college age people that have more sense and act more mature than these grown people are doing. Because what you saw with Stacey Dash, lover or hater, lover positions or hater positions, that was not like a grown conversation at all. And Ray J just, just took it to an extra level where we know that Stacey's going to get in, in her shell. We know that for a fact. And then another thing, too, I thought about, y'all going to move out of our room? What Nene going to do? Is Nene going to make her leave? What's gonna, what y'all going to do? Because, I mean, it's going to be some furniture moving. It's going to be some hitting going on. Like, we edited it out. Is it going to be Virgin Islands Part 2? Because how y'all going to tell that girl she got to leave from her room? Are y'all going to get the producer? Like, what are y'all going to do? Like, y'all going to fight her? Like, you can't force that, that woman to leave her room. Like, it's just like the whole entire notion behind that final conversation was so dumb. It was so dumb. And I'm and I just screaming at the TV. I'm like, y'all are grown. I, I was just in college three years ago. I've had roommate situations. I've had situations with friends and folks in class. I've moderated situations with people where they were, where they were beefing and we had to sort it out. I've seen situations like that. And people that, that are around the age range of, of, their, of their 20s or, or their late teens, they handle situations better than you. And y'all are grown celebrities that have made millions of dollars in y'all career. And that's how y'all communicate. Like that, that just made me upset, man. It, it, it honestly did. And of course, that ended the episode. And then we move on to episode two, and then we'll see what happens. <sighs> that, that I'm telling you, I had a so much. I have so much more to say. But I'm gonna end it right here. All I'm gonna say is that Stacey Dash is not our favorite person. She's not my favorite person. Stacey Dash like is very extra when it comes to her her, her political comments. She was trying to show for Trump, and she was putting on a minstrel show for Fox News. That's well and true. And she was like taking a lot of positions that were very anti-black. That's all well and true. But she's on this show, and if she was some other person, if she was some other person and she was around a little bit and kept to herself and didn't say much, y'all would not be saying a word. Y'all wouldn't be saying a word. But the, because because it's Stacey Dash and the history that she has, y'all going crazy against that woman. And y'all don't got to agree with me, but it's bullying. It's bullying. Like, y'all are bullying Stacey Dash at this point, and that's not cool. 
Like, it's not cool what she said. It's not cool what she does. It's not cool the stances that she takes. But bullying is bullying. And I honestly think at the end of that first episode, instead of a preview for the next episode, y'all needed to put a bullying PSA at the end. Bullying's not the answer. If you are a friend, has been bullied, call this number. Report it to an adult. Because, bro, like, y'all are acting less than adults. Y'all are acting like toddlers at this point. And I want to see the next episode. Y'all got me now. I want to see the next episode because I want to see where y'all go from here because y'all y'all got my blood pressure up, man, and y'all got to figure this out. Like, what's going on? But outside of that, that is the end of the review of College Hill Episode 1. As you see, it was a whole lot that we discussed and a whole lot that we talked about. But I will come back with more for episode two. Make sure to follow HBCU Pulse on Instagram at HBCU Pulse, on Twitter at the HBCU Pulse, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at HBCU Pulse. It's right there on YouTube. And also, if you're, if you're listening on another platform, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast, just type in HBCU Pulse Radio and we'll show right on up. And outside of that, we'll see what happens on the next episode of College Hill. And I'll be right there to recap it. And I'll see you on the other side. From the shade room to your news feed, we brag different. You're locked into HBCU Pulse, now trending worldwide.